0: Morning
1: Handsome Live from Handsome headquarters in sunny Oakland, California It's Morning Handsome Good morning, I'm Honjaro Ambrose And I'm Lee Sanger-Golden And this is Morning Handsome On MorningHandsome.com Brought to you by LiberalGuiltRadio.org Today your dose of Handsome featuring both real and fake news We'll discuss the Star Wars Blu-ray changes Sports t Is it a real thing or not? Dragonheart. Which Quaid was in that? Quaalude. Double Dragon. Gay or not? Gay. Sarah Palin. Is she real or just a ghost? She's actually tea pie in a woman's suit. Food. How to eat it and why? Rarely, if possible. Morning Handsome. Brought to you by Internet. And Blue Flint Cigarettes. Camps air and our new Canadian brand cants air light from Canada the Mexico of the north
0: uh,
1: uh. you're listening to the musical strains of Henry Mancini spared no expense I guess we're safe until Henry Mancini starts opening doors <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a real treat today on this, the first episode of Morning Handsome, Sundays at noon.
0: Did you know that Henry Mancini actually lived in a house next to Mary C. in Balboa? Really? They
1: used to exchange chocolate for music. Hear about that and more on Morning Handsome, brought to you by Liberal Guild Radio. And we're live in 5432 Handsome. You know what I love about
0: the Huff Post is that uh, you can always decide what's important
1: because you can see it from across the room. Because of the size of the font, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty much an attention grabbing feature uh, mm-hmm. of the Huff Post. So, so let's talk about this uh, this great
0: Republican presidential field. I mean, that is just such a source of fun. Uh, do you think that uh, Sarah Palin's going to finally get into her, I mean, into the race?
1: Well, you know, what she really wants um, is just for us to be talking about it. And so I feel like a little guilty, just like a meriting uh, discussion about it. But um, it's kind of like she wants Jack Nicholson to talk about it. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, I think she... I think she does want Jack Nicholson to talk about it. Maybe she'll pick him as her running mate, you know? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. They could sit at the front of Lakers games together, you know?
0: I like how Dick Cheney has burst back on the field recently. You know, he's just kind of, like, come back out of his... Yeah, he, like, came out of a late hibernation. Like, he missed the groundhog,
1: and it's August, and Uh he's like, oh, I'm coming out of...
0: I'm out of my cave!
1: I'm still waiting for Jeffrey Tambor to play him in a TV movie about his misadventures. I'm
0: still waiting for him to play himself as the Penguin in a new Batman feature.
1: <laughs> <laughs> penguin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the only one who could probably do it better than Danny DeVito. The DeVito. The DeVito. <laughs> the shortest, spunkiest, oh sorry, widest, spunkiest
1: man in show business.
0: <laughs> he
1: does not know how to accept the smell of DeVito.
0: <laughs> it's amazing that it's always sunny in Philadelphia below the three-foot line.
1: Yeah, exactly. Three foot of snow. No, three feet of Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I I gotta tell you though, I am actually kind of interested in this Rick Perry business. I, I, I mm-hmm. find him to be pretty fascinating. I mean, like you know, he started he entered the field as a Democrat. He started off as as a Democratic candidate in Texas, mm-hmm. and you know, flip flopped over to the Republican Party because he realized one, it was there was more money, and two, he uh, there was more money, and um, now you know he he has he has sort of fully wrapped himself, draped himself in this cloak of Republican dogma of of being this really hard and religious conservative candidate and Mm -hmm. appealing to, you know, these really hardcore conservative ideals, you know, close the borders, you know, they took our jobs, they took our guns.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I saw this quote the other day that was like, Um, You know, in Iran or Korea or something like that, if you, you know, wander across the border, you get like sent to hard labor for, you know, 10 years or whatever. And in America, you know, you get like a job and, uh, you know, get to go to school and get health care. I was like, come on. That's, That's like an unfair comparison. Right. Yeah, so we need to be more like North Korea. Yeah, exactly. Joyous...
0: <laughs> Those comparisons always break down for me because at the end of the day, I kind of feel like, no, we don't need to be more like North Korea.
1: No, we need to be more like uh, flying airplanes to go rescue chicks from North Korea. Right? Yeah. We need more Dog
0: Airlines. Yeah. I got to say that that was probably my favorite news story of the last year was uh, Dog chartering a private jet to fly to North Korea to rescue two bitches... And bring them home. Mm-hmm. And you know that that flight home was a party. Yeah, exactly. The pole comes out of the ground and, like, you know, the, the bar flips around. It's all just like single malts from the early 1900s. And Bill's like, Yes, indeed, ladies.
1: I'm here for you. So, did you hear uh, that they released the, the first Pixar film? And um, it was uh, the, done by this uh, digital artist, uh, Ed Catmull. And it was a 3D face and hand project. And so he was like the future founder of Pixar. And he was a a graduate student at the University of Utah. And this is like his first work. So it's a 40-year-old work. And uh, they're saying that this is like the birth of Pixar right here. But um, not really because the birth of Pixar was... George Lucas's Star Wars money. Absolutely. Like, he threw down a hell of money because, yeah, this guy was like, you know, making 3D hands in his dorm room and or whatever. Like, and let's but... be real that,
0: like, him modeling his face and filming it really is just, was really in, just inspired by Sesame Street and James Earl Jones and, and counting to 10. I yeah. mean, if James Earl Jones had not stood in front of the camera counting to 10. Well, I wouldn't know how to count to 10. Exactly. That's And then for sure. you would have never, and so, and therefore you would have never, you know, discovered advanced mathematics. You would have never made a computer model.
1: You've never mm-hmm. been able to do any of this stuff. Somewhere he's counting. He's still counting. It's Somewhere like he's still counting. 4,675,701. And then he dashes out yeah. of the frame.
0: <laughs> so anyway, how about those giants, huh? Oh. Seven games back now in the West, really, really showing off their World Series uh, championship thing. Yeah, uh, I you know, I I don't know what happened. I think they must have switched everybody for wiffle bats here. Yeah,
1: it's like emphasis on the 2010 World Champions. In Giants. Right yeah, exactly. I went, I saw them play the Cubbies the other night, and um, it was it was just really depressing. Um, not because the the game went poorly, but just because my girlfriend who I was with had more knowledge of baseball than I did. <laughs> <laughs> and like this girl sitting next to me on the other side. Like her boyfriend, like went to go get a hot dog or some shit. And like she turned to me and like asked me some question, and I was like, I, I really don't know. I just like malts that I eat with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason I'm here. I like to eat my ice cream with wood. <laughs> Not even a spoon, just kind of like a little wood plank.
0: Yeah. Well, it turns out the Giants do, too, because that's pretty much all the bats are being used for these
1: things, really? eating yeah. ice cream. Oh, making, it turns
0: they're under, actually just making malt sticks out of them.
1: I went on LBGT night. And so the Did you know? Yeah, I did. Were they playing or were they 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 played music. There was like an L B G T No, I mean
0: were the L B G T people playing the game.
1: Um no, they would we would have done better. Did Brian Wilson dress up in drag? No. But that would be pretty cool. I like that Brian Wilson. Yeah, what do you like about him? Just the uh just the, the Fidel Castro beard or the, the... sense of humor. Yeah, ironically, because Fidel Castro uh, tried to be a major league baseball player, and he tried out, and he's like, "Well, that doesn't work out. I might as well be a dictator." <laughs> I like how that is like a step down from professional baseball player. I think
0: everybody does that. It's like you know, you, you hear about all these uh, these these deposed leaders and their yeah. ridiculous attachments to sports and how mm-hmm. they would propagate themselves as the saying, like you know, it's like like um, Gaddafi. Qaddafi like wanted to be, you know, a soccer player, and he wanted everyone to remember him as, you know, it's like, or not remember him, but he would, he, you know, there was massive propaganda campaigns for him and his son both to mm-hmm. say that they were, you know, the the greatest football players in the country. Yeah. And that you know everybody had to refer to them as being like these great football stars, these great soccer stars, when really, you know, they probably even
1: couldn't kick
0: the ass standing in front of them much of right. like the ball.
1: Little known fact, Adolf Hitler wanted to be a fast-pitch softball player when he was growing up, but he got rejected. So that was his first choice. Then art school. Then he
0: turned to painting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, then painting. When, ladies,
0: I mean gentlemen, when softball doesn't work out and painting seems too far off, try field
1: hockey. Before you try genocide? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good choice. So because, let's talk a little bit about how uh, they took out all the swastikas out of the new Captain America film.
0: Oh, you know, I still haven't seen that. I, I should really check it out, but I, uh, I didn't make it because um, I wanted to see, I wanted to double feature Cowboys and Aliens and uh, uh, Captain America. Captain Cowboys and Green Lantern I, Aliens. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, despite my high hopes, you know, I thought Cowboys and Aliens, a movie that was based solely on a poster I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this, but there was like a poster made, a comic book poster that was um, basically just a piece of concept art.
1: It was like a it joke, said,
0: sort of? th- Yeah, it was like a fake movie poster, and it mm-hmm. said Cowboys vs. Aliens. And the thing was auctioned off as a concept for a movie. It ended up being, the rights just from this poster ended up actually being auctioned off and then was produced as a movie, and it actually just started as a, basically the cover of a comic book. Hmm. Um. Anyway, so so I was excited to see these two and until I found out that Cowboys vs. Aliens was one of the worst movies <laughs> ever made, and then I decided I couldn't see either one.
1: Well, there should be like a mandate. I think it's a reflection, actually. The title is a reflection of a mandate that all movies must just, the title of each movie must just be exactly what the movie is. So like a romantic comedy must be like man and girl. Kleenex optional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. Boys you won't enjoy this. Girls you will. Like are all of Daniel Craig's movie titles just going to be this dumb from now on because they've like ran out of James Bond titles. They used the very last James Bond title except for 007 in New York, which actually fits in perfectly with that 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 title uh, meme is this like Where James Bond is, what he's doing. James Bond's fighting aliens, he's a cowboy. James Bond
0: fights. (laughs) Yeah, James Bond
1: fucks and fights. (laughs) I think that's a great title. James Bond, fucking fight. Daniel Craig in Ian Fleming's... Fucking fight. Fucking fight. (laughs) That was like the last title of the... Before (laughs) Ian Fleming died. This is going to be my next double-ass having adventure. Fucking
0: fight. I love some fucking fighting. (laughs)
1: I, uh, I I think that Daniel... I mean, but
0: not that Daniel Craig's previous films were that great a title. I mean, Layer Cake?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't sound like particularly... I mean, like, Granted, it was a movie about baby. Julia Child.
0: I can't wait to see Layer Cake. They're
1: pushing the needle a little bit on that one. <laughs> <laughs> So Madonna revealed some new Her album tits? plans. What well, she's done that many times, and I have revealed my intention not to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: here it is. Here it is, everybody. I plan not to. Uh, I plan not to to pay
1: attention. So Obama is previewing his uh, job creation ideas. Oh, um,
0: you'd be interested in this. Uh, yeah. Vandal's defaced Holocaust museum in Warsaw, Poland.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Vandal's desecrated a monument marking the spot in Poland where hundreds of Jews were buried alive during World War II, scrawling. Scrawling, they were flammable, and a swastika on the memorial. You know what I love? You know, it's like when you watch news these days, though, when you watch the mm-hmm. CNN stuff, what they do is they kind of just read this crap, you know, and they read, like, mm. the tweets that people put up, and they read, you know, they read, like, you know, whatever people are putting up, and, and it just gives this platform, right? To yeah. random shit. You know, like, if I was a newscaster, I wouldn't actually read the part where they wrote, they were flammable. Why do I need to write that part? Mm-hmm. That's meaningless. Yeah, you know, they deface this monument, they're criminals,
1: they should be punished. Mm-hmm. You know, why do I need to broadcast their statements to the world? Do they know who, like, do they have any suspects in the case or anything? They suspect uh, the yeah, Red Skull, yeah. <laughs> that blonde chick from Indiana Jones and in the Last Crusade. My first guess was the Red Baron, but either way. yeah, yeah. One of those guys with a gun in his stomach from Wolfenstein. The ghost of Vladimir Putin.
0: Yeah, and um, who's still
1: alive, but his ghost is like <laughs> separated from his body. Exactly.
0: Well, you know that. You know that the the, the new what's odd about you know like uh, Russia right now is that the generation of leaders that they have are kind of like the generation of leaders that we had a hundred years ago, where the mm-hmm. presidents were like the strongest, most adventurous, most well-read people in the world. Now, like the Russian presidents and prime ministers are that way. Like they single, like in a single breath, can dive to the bottom of a freezing sea and, yeah. and bring up like
1: Pegasus's horse. Yeah, and, uh, Putin and uh, like Teddy Roosevelt like would have been pals. Like, absolutely, there would have been let's no go Cold ride War forces really yeah. quickly. Theodore Roosevelt.
0: Well, you know what's interesting about the uh, about that the presidency in that era though too as I was reading is that um, you know everybody was up in Ruhr over President Obama taking a week off, mm-hmm. you know, during the jobs crisis because you know that was going to make a big difference.
1: Teddy Roosevelt was president for about three days before he even came back to Washington. He was like camping or yeah. hunting or some shit. And, like, he had been vice president, and then McKinley got shot at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. And then, like, this guy ran up the hill to him.
0: Exposition in Buffalo, Buffalo,
1: in Buffalo. And, uh... Sorry about that. It's okay. And Roosevelt was just, like, on the top of the hill, thought he was vice president, but then this guy was, like, running up the hill going, Mr. President, Mr. President. And he was like, oh, shit. Yes,
0: I'm president now. (laughs) Well, actually, you know, he took almost 280 days of vacation one
1: year in his presidency. That's a lot that's pretty much the whole time that's like yeah most you, the year I
0: mean that's most of the year and it, actually it was common that presidents because of the fact that um, Washington DC was built on top of a swamp and in the yeah. summertime yellow fever and dengue plague and all the uh, other various sexually transmitted diseases would uh, would sort of well up out of the swamp people would actually flee Washington DC for the summertime so it was actually very common to take um, three to four months of the year off. That being said, uh, presidents such as John Adams and, uh, and Teddy Roosevelt, both uh, – John Adams is particularly, I think, one year spent no more than three months in Washington, D.C. during one, president, one year of his presidency,
1: which uh, – To his credit, Washington, D.C. is a shithole. And
0: even more so then, which is pretty hard, pretty hard to
1: imagine. I, I know. Seriously. Like, rarely has a shithole had such nice buildings as Washington – You know, it's like, I feel like, you know, when they take you on your, like, 6th grade trip after you graduate middle school, or 8th grade trip after you graduate middle school when they go to Washington, D.C., it's like, uh, they should have your teacher go, like, Washington, D.C., you will never find Find a more wretched wretched hive of scum scum and and villainy. We must be cautious. I'm ready for anything. Obviously, you you have not met. Teapot. T-paw's out, man. The paw has thawed. <laughs> Dude, the paw was never in for the run, though. He was just kind of feeling out. Yeah, he, he's like he, he's playing magic cards with Rudy Giuliani right now. <laughs> that
0: has to be my favorite saying. I, I I love that that line. A more wretched hive of scum and villainy. I think of that all the time when I walk around Oakland. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah, you're in Oakland. Good time to think about yeah. it. In fact, it's it's hard to not walk up and down Oakland and not feel like. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. There's it's another like, wretched house. It's hut. actually just one big cantina, really, from International Boulevard all the way up to the port. There's a few some of that this. you could probably. Yeah. You know, I often feel that way about the world, or at least International Boulevard. Yeah. If you could just special edition International Boulevard,
1: you know, I'm Before sure that it would Oakland, be more annoying and less unsafe. I had never seen a real prostitute or a real taco truck. And on wait, International wait, wait, wait. Boulevard, are there's lots. Are you telling lots. me
0: that you never saw a real taco truck in Santa Cruz, California? I mean, real food, real Mexicans.
1: I mean, I saw a truck with some tacos in it.
0: But... And I definitely saw a truck with some Mexicans in it. Did you ever look inside to see if there were tacos in the truck with the Mexicans?
1: Um, I did, and I ate them. <laughs> the Mexicans are the tacos? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break here been has uh, really nice talking to you. Good morning, handsome. Morning, handsome. Morning.com.
1: And we're back on Morning Handsome, Sundays at noon on MorningHandsome.com, brought to you by LiberalGuiltRadio.org. Might not be morning, but I'm still feeling handsome.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly. I don't know who's happier to see me in the morning. My girlfriend, my dog, or the mirror?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, there's something really important uh, to my heart, personally, that we need to talk about today. We go, an issue that has been plaguing um, people for a long time. Genocide Um, in Africa? No. um, George Lucas changing his movies. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Our ships
0: can travel at the speed of light, and our guns travel nearly the speed of light.
1: But changes take years and years. Um. so George Lucas has been changing his movies pretty much since he started making them right, yeah, right. Um, you know he actually like well in a galaxy far far away there was a movie I really
0: liked mm-hmm. and a long long time ago it was changed to something that was different
1: right well you know they made all these new Star Wars movies Um, And so they decide to change the old ones to make them more like the new ones. But I don't understand why they didn't just make the new ones more like like the old ones. ones. I got to tell you the
0: saddest remembrance I have of Star Wars now, instead of like the three, the two box sets of uh, CBS editions, THX, VHS copies of the original trilogy that I wore out, is the fact that The Phantom Menace came out in high school. And because I got to go to one of the premieres, I, um, I really liked it. And in retrospect, I hate myself for ever enjoying that movie. Right. Um,
1: because I was 14. I, you just, you were probably caught it at just the right moment, I think, for you to be swept up in the propaganda that it was good. Yeah. Like, there's this footage of uh, Steven Spielberg that they shot of him after he first saw it on the night of the premiere. And he's like, oh, it's. Mm, there's so much going on. There. Oh, how, do they, how do they get so much mm, in a one? Mm. So, so there's a new Blu-ray edition of, of the, the original trilogy coming out, and they've 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 been changing these for a long time, and, and everyone's freaking out about it again. Um, I don't really feel like these changes are as terrible as the special edition changes. They're minor tweaks, and some of them are really offensive and really awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, let's just talk a little bit about them. There's the the sound that Obi-Wan makes when he sees this, the sand people. Now, this
0: has been changed, actually, in almost... Every every edition that's yeah. come out.
1: I mean, it started
0: it's off as this kind of funny, echoey
1: African horn. It's always been dumb, and, and they been trying to make it yeah. less dumb, and they've only succeeded in making, making it more dumb. dumb. Mm-hmm. So I it's think like it's a one-way a way slope. And George Lucas can't accept a bad idea. He's like, I got a a bad idea. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna redo it for thirty years until like in thirty four years until I can try to make it. Yeah, or it's no, the beating of the dead horse.
0: It's a penny arcade, my friend. It's a penny arcade.
1: Yeah. So they're changing that. Um, they're adding a couple of like rocks in front of R two D two at some point, which didn't sound very exciting.
0: And then, you know, I I, I just read this and it really shocked me. Was the uh, the my my I this this one moment of Revenge of the Sith that that really just cemented that movie in the uh, annals of shittiness in the annals of movies that I don't like was the end moment when when Darth Vader is you know revealed as Darth Vader and uh, Anakin is is now lost his body and he He's actually to, revealed as Dracula. Yeah, he's revealed as Dracula. To be for yeah. Darth Vader. Yeah, Anakin Skywalker as Bela Lugosi, as Dracula is revealed as Darth Vader
1: to be revealed, a pussy. Revealed in the style of of Dracula yeah, exactly. as Darth Vader. It's like Darth Vader's new Christmas album, Songs in the Key of Dracula. Yeah. And so anyway,
0: he has a, like a Titanic-like moment where he says,
1: uh, where he just, no, no, that's not true, that's not possible, she was alive when I last fucked her. Mm, no, and, she wasn't. And
0: <laughs> No, <laughs> she wasn't. No, she wasn't. You Ooh.
1: fucked a dead princess. Ooh, mm, And Ooh. impregnated her with the force. Yeah, and so like now, instead of clerks ripping off Star Wars, Star Wars is going to rip off clerks. Well, you
0: know, you know what? Actually, they just found out that uh, it's really interesting. Is Leia and and Luke are actually not real siblings. They're not twins. They're actually only half siblings because Luke, actually, some some of Luke's genetic material came from Arnold Schwarzenegger's sperm, um, who had right. actually stooped her uh, earlier. Right. Um, right. And in, and impregnated her.
1: You're like no, no, no. yeah. And Natalie Portman's <laughs> like. I love the water. And Arnold's like... <laughs> it's not at all like... I'm, I'm good at fixing things. Wait. Hold still. <laughs> uh, uh, Spaminated. So they're adding... Uh, so the uh, Ewoks are going to blink
0: now? They're yeah. adding
1: blinking Ewoks. Blinking Ewoks. Blinkbox. They're sieging Yoda in episode one. Yeah. Which uh, is great. You know... That's fine. I mean... You Whatever. know what's You know Actually, though... I gotta say, actually...
0: the The... I miss Jim Henson. I mean, like the actual Yoda. That was Frank Oz, but whatever. No, no, no. But it was Jim Henson Workshop that created the the car- the actual puppetry. Yeah, right. No, I mean the Frank Oz voice is great, but I just mean the actual the actual physical characterization of the puppet. I felt had so much more magic yeah. than the CG Yoda, which is really um, mm-hmm. it's not there. It's a it's, it's it's not real. It's a it's a imaginary Yoda
1: hmm yeah um it must be like a real big challenge for the actors to just act with nonsense and nothing and you know um i think that with green screen acting it's at the same moment um in sort of film history at uh, during the phantom menace as um screen acting was you know in the early silent films like people had been used to acting on stage and so they started acting in movies. Like, they were stage actors, which is why a lot of old silent movies um, have such shitty acting. is because it's like they hadn't adapted to the form yet. And I feel like Phantom Menace was one of the early films that was pretty much all CG. And, like, actors didn't, like, know how to deal with that. And they didn't have a particularly talented director to navigate them down this difficult path. And there's a lot of other movies from that era. You know, uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. You know, even The Matrix, where, like, it just didn't quite fit. And it was just... Now, I think, finally, with movies like Lord of the Rings, Planet of the Apes, and, and Avatar, people are starting to understand the form a little better. And uh, I think that the next generation of actors is just going to probably be be great at it. You
0: Solipsistic know? losers who can't get out of their own heads. I mean, I don't know. George Tinkerman Lucas and his fucking big, fat, you know revisionist history thing. I mm-hmm. feel like that, you know, the problem is that He hasn't really made a A good movie. A good movie. Since the original trilogy. Yeah, basically. And he's just been sort of, you know, leaving bills for his devastation along the way to everyone. Yeah. We used to joke that that uh that I remember when you say that like every every year a new Star Wars has to come out so that way he can um leave you a check when you find you when you find yourself sore and beaten the night the next morning in your bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just you wake up and you're like, "Oh man, what happened? Oh, my butt is sore. Oh wait, there's a check, there's
1: a bill here from George Lucas." <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny. Uh someone was showing me like this this review of Phantom Menace but this guy it was really funny but he was like talking about how much he hates the Phantom Menace. But obviously the guy had seen the movie like a million times, so it's like, do you really hate it if you've seen it that many times? And he was making fun of all of the toys and like filming all the look at all these dumb toys. I'm like, dude, you have all those toys. You're there filming them. Like you're exactly what you hate. So you know Stop taking it out on George Lucas. You're the one who watches his fucking movies over and over again and buys all of his shit, you know?
0: <laughs> uh, that's good stuff.
1: So, yeah, Star Wars Blu-rays coming out. If you have a Blu-ray player, um, get them and uh, tell us how they are. Um, if you have a Macintosh or an Xbox like me, you don't have anything that plays a Blu-ray, so you're fucked. So um, I guess I'm stuck with the uh, the old Star Wars that are good. We'll be right back. All right. And we're back on Morning Handsome. We got this real sweet thing going on. It can go on forever, like as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it can. The voice you're now hitting is James L. Jones. Spared no expense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so if you haven't already out there in internet land, I suggest you check out Vader Sessions. is one of my favorite uh, internet videos. Probably one of the greatest videos
0: of all time. I, I Actually, you know, so YouTube, I mean, has really become like one of the greatest stations. Uh, I don't have a cable television anymore at home, but, you know, we, we love the internet streaming. And um, this, you know, something we've started doing, which, you know, we used to be just relegated to uh, standing around the cubicle, you know, at five o'clock on a Friday. Now it's sort of like a, a major t- TV station where you can just you know, YouTube, anything. You know, you, mm-hmm. just, you just basically just see what are the top hits on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And they're often um, just phenomenal. I I, I don't mm-hmm. know if anyone has ever seen Merengue Dog. Yes. The Merengue Dog is a great video where you actually see a Mexican man in a village who has spent his entire life training a female golden retriever to do the merengue with him. Mm-hmm. And um, if you haven't seen this video, uh, it's both troubling and awesome. Uh, troubling in that you wonder... The relationship between this man and the dog, obviously close though, may be a little suspect, not to mention the fact that um, the dog seems to really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, the dog is like a really... It's Not only is the dog like an excellent dancer, but it's not like the dog looks like some slave dancer that's forced to dance in Java's palace. The dog's like, oh yeah, I want to put on a dress and dance with a man in Mexico. No, the dog is like dancing the dance of seduction. It's I mean, like, like the beginning of the rise of the planet of the dogs. Dogs, I mean, seriously. It's like the planet of the golden retrievers. James Franco created a medicine yeah. that makes dogs dance. And then they, they all put on dresses and suits and took over the world. I think that whenever we talk about a disutopian reality
0: we should preface it with saying, James Franco discovered. <laughs> and then everything starts that way. No matter how the world ends, it's James Franco. And that's, and that's the beginning of it. And, he, and if you can get Pablo Francisco to do that, in a land before time, no. in a time before land, James Franco swam
1: because there was no land. Check this out. One of my favorite things about the internet. So loud. There it goes.
0: And that theme song from the days when Captain America rode a horse, (laughs) carried a six-shooter, wore chaps, and gallivanted around the undeveloped countries of... It's amazing that Captain America had towed that trailer around with the Andrews sisters so they could accompany him everywhere. (laughs) Bongo, 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 I'm so happy in the Congo I don't want to go home.
1: This is the Thor scene, Yeah. So that's my favorite thing about uh, YouTube Is just uh, listening to the theme songs To cartoons of uh, Superheroes Or perhaps this
0: Man I don't think Nothing was nothing as good as uh... Like somebody in a bucket Like somebody in a box Double <laughs> Okay, well, you think that's good. Here's my <laughs> response to you.
1: We actually know the person. I don't know if you've ever met met Chuck, our, we, our Mr. Friend, Chuck Laurie. Mr. Chuck Laurie is our friend Nikki's dad, and I had the pleasure of meeting this this gentleman a couple of times. Not to be confused with the uh, the two and a half men. No, Laurie. the same man. <laughs> to be confused with, yeah, not to be confused with, because he actually is the same man. You don't have to confuse them yeah. at all. They're <laughs> the same guy. Uh, that was like his first claim to fame in TV land was he writing the lyrics to Teenage Mutant turtles Teen's Bringing the Turtles. Teen's Bringing the Turtles. Turtles in a half show. Turtle power. Boom! Sent all of his kids to college. Um, but he's also the same Chuck Lorre of being called a, a Judy McJew by um, Charlie Sheen. Tiger blood. Winning! Ironically, or. Uh, they're Winning! Not, they're not even really Jewish. Do that. Winning! To convert it to Scientology. Winning! To convert to Scientology. What? Yeah. The lorries
0: are Scientologists, dude. Is Nikki a Scientologist? Yeah. She has to be, I guess. She's kind of. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow. Whenever you talk about Scientologists, you're kind What's of What's the deal with Chinese people? <laughs> they're Scientologists. Anyway, I was talking about McDonald's. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, I'm Jewish and he's Asian, so we can say all those things we just Yeah,
0: I'm actually my mother is Jewish, so I'm I'm jap I'm Japanese.
1: <laughs> Japanese. yeah. Yeah, I actually
0: I identify strongly. I'm actually more Jewish than I am Asian because my dad's only half Japanese and my mother is all Jew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's actually half Jewish, half crazy. So that's a hundred percent Jewish in my mind.
1: Yeah. So you know, do, when people ask you what half of, when you say I'm half Jewish and they ask you what half, what do you say? Uh, the good half the one that the one that shops at Ross yeah <laughs> I say I say the, uh, the the
0: Japanese half is the fine is the one that finds all the deals and the Jap- the Japanese or the Jewish half is the one that executes
1: on buying yeah. them or talks you out of buying yeah them. talks me out it's of like buying like you get the, you go out and get the best deal but then you just don't even buy it you yeah. know what I don't really I really need don't
0: it. even need this I just wanted to find the best deal I go to Fry's and I make them price match and then I don't even buy it, <laughs> you <shouldn't> buy it. <laughs> I just go and say would you price match this for me I found a much better price On the internet And then they go Oh well, well Okay And an hour later They're like Alright fine We'll give it to you For $300 less Than we have it for And then I'm like Okay thank you very much Have a nice day <laughs> yes, I don't want it I don't, I don't really want it though
1: <laughs> I already You have everything I need yeah. Actually I already ordered it While I was waiting for you To price match it It's gonna be here tomorrow
0: Oh Oh <laughs> you must know, oh, dragon! I've had enough double dragon. Double dragon, you know, double dragon was just like a was like an equally gay take on uh, the 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 Wonder Twins. You know, it was like <laughs> yeah. where Wonder Twin powers activated. One of them always had to, you know, got a really. Turned into something cool, and one of them always turned into something like a used condom or like a yeah. half eaten cookie or something. Right, right. Um, but I feel like the Double Dragon was basically the same thing. It was like, you know, we bump crotches, and all of a sudden we have superpowers, and uh, we're ready to take on the gay world. Did they really b- bump crotches? Did they do it. No, they bumped fists. Fists. But you know what's funny is like we had this whole generation of cartoons with really effeminate uh, hero characters. It was like Captain America. Oh my god. And the Wonder Twins and Double Dragon. I mean, these guys. I mean, could you think about more effeminate? Could you think about a more effeminate superhero than Captain Planet? I mean, Um, the guy was like, didn't make the cut for the Blue Man group. Yeah. (laughs) He's too turquoise. Because he was too turquoise. (laughs) And like, Didn't you know, he had guy. he had this whole he had this whole group of teenagers who would like, you know, uh who would who would you know, form a little prayer circle yeah, he a was little a little smoky Catholic drum circle. Priest. Yeah. He had this little like yeah, he had this little group of uh former altar boys who would uh, form a little drum circle and smoke. Multicultural some him... former. Oh,
1: a multicultural. And then what was cultural. like there was like earth, water Heart 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 what? I think you're you, 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 That guy like snuck out of Like the Care Bears And right. like ended up In Captain America Right <laughs> You know Now there's a concept though The Care Bears I always wish there was A Care
0: Bear concept That was drawn up For like a little bit more Of a you know Action pack, Or a more adult mm-hmm. audience You know Where it wasn't like Rainbow cupcake Coming out of their chest But more like You know
1: Mortars Or <laughs> I want to see like A grizzly Care Bear and Right a, And a polar Care Bear Yeah There you go battle in a river of fire
0: <laughs> that would be the unmade golden compass sequel that we never got to see yeah exactly <laughs> giant polar bears and grizzly bears going at it
1: i did th- that movie had its its short gummings but it did have a lot of great cg uh, uh polar bear fights i can't say no to a good cg polar bear fight although i actually find, find that any giant animal that's
0: not voiced by sean connery doesn't quite win me over um, or Jack Black? Or Jack Black? No, well, animated. Yeah, if it's animated, It has to be Jack Black. But if it's not animated, you know. it should be Sean
1: Dragon <laughs> yes, Heart, yes. Dragon Font.
0: You know, you uh, Sean. If you, you know,
1: you know, it seemed like the Dragon was kind of the pinnacle of your career. Oh yes, well, uh, pinnacle is a dumb word, so I rarely use it. Uh, but uh, some people have said that uh, my work on the Dragon Heart, you know, really uh, was the highlight of my career. I'm more of a fan of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is uh, the final film I will ever be in.
0: How was it having a quaid inside your
1: mouth? Having a quaid inside my mouth?
0: Yeah, when he climbed into your mouth to
1: remove the uh, skull in that movie, the quaid. Oh, I believe you're making a reference to Inner Space. Yes. Oh, is, oh, wait, wait. No, 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 Dragonheart. Who is Dragon... the lead in Dragonheart? Uh, Sean Connery. No, 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 no Sean Connery.
0: Well, who the uh wasn't it a Quaid who was the uh the 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 knight character? Wasn't it one of the Quaids?
1: I don't. It wasn't li- the Randy Quaid? I mean, honestly, I don't, honestly, know. I don't really. Quaid. I don't really remember any of my co-stars except for Kathleen Jones' ass, who was billed separately on, on the uh, on the credits. We'll be right back on Morning Handsome. Right.
0: I said... The Dennis Quaid. It's the Dennis Quaid. I was Dennis telling you, Quaid? it's the Dennis Quaid. I was what? like, it's a Quaid. It's a Quaid in his mouth. He has a Quaid in his mouth. The guy climbs... Dennis Quaid climbs in his mouth. Like, you know, they stand there like overnight with the sword in his mouth. And then he ends up just taking somebody out of his teeth.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Quaid. We'll be right back. Right, let's get
0: out of here. Let's go over and say hi to the sea lobby. That has been a fun time. telling you, do. you should try those headphones out. it's great.